Welcome to Veteran State of Mind. I'm your host, Garrett Jones. Uh, coming at you from a bedroom for the introduction. The introduction. Uh, after the introduction, we got the interview with who we got today. We got the Jesse R. Phillips. He from Mississippi. Uh, and then we've got Tim, Polish name, from the Veterans Project. Tim, Polish name, from the Pro- uh, Veterans Project. Um you guys read brothers in arms tim very kindly took a bunch of photos for me those are the photos what is in brothers in arms uh if you like that hoodie actually that hoodie's up for auction at the moment um as part of my um get some money to self-publish a book in fact let's talk about that um i'm gonna self-publish a book why am i self-publishing it um been struggling to get a buyer for it it's a bit different and uh it's a crime filler set in vegas if you like sex drugs and rock and roll then you like the book um, crime filler, and um, yeah, so I thought, you know what, let's do something a bit differently here, because basically, you know, it kind of got down to one of those conversations of, oh, can you make this character special forces, and all. I was like, no, I, I don't want to do that, you know, I want some, I want to do something a bit different, so doing a Kickstarter campaign for it, and as part of that Kickstarter campaign, uh, there's a few things on there, you can uh, get the hoodie, so there's going to be obviously only one person to get the hoodie, unless you want to chip in with some other people, and have each other's sense on you, which you know, I'm not opposed to. Uh, some of the other things, what we got on there, what we got on there, we've got um, writing consultations. A lot of people have been asking me for um, writing consultations, so that's one of the things that we've got on there as a, um, I guess, we, prize isn't the right word, is it? But something like you contribute to the Kickstarter, you get a writing consultation. Uh, other things, what we have got on there, we have got uh, signed copies of the book, so anybody that contributes a uh, the set amount will get a uh, signed copy of the book when it comes out. Then there's people who will get a signed copy and will also have a list of basically thank yous at the back of the book. You know, like when you go to the zoo and it's got people adopting um, fucking meerkat, or you'll be adopting the book essentially. And then we have another prize. We have a couple of spots for um, not main characters but supporting characters. We've got up for grabs in there as well. So if you contribute a certain amount. You might get your name in the book. Well, you will get your name in the book if you if you contribute a certain amount. It'll be a uh, one of the characters in there. Uh, was there anything else? No. My socks and my videos, they are up for grabs as well. But uh, that's on my OnlyFans. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are contributed, if you contributed already, then uh, thank you very much. Um, in fact, you won't have contributed already because it's going to be up before the Kickstarter does. But there you go. It's going to be, they're going to be going up at the same time. Um um, what else do we have on there? We have, um, well, I got my Legion self-published. I guess today's episode is sponsored by me, really, isn't it? Yeah, fuck it. Today's episode is sponsored by me. And uh, we got Legion up on there. If you like people get stabbed on the face, um, sometimes in the legs, sometimes in the torso. Basically, people get stabbed in general. Uh, also hacked. People get hacked in there. People get skewered. Um, some people get burnt. Some people get burnt alive. Um, if you like grisly deaths, Check out, Lily, uh, check out Legion. It's part of my series that I wrote about the Roman army. So in that series now we have Blood Forest, which we uh, renamed and re-released as Ambush, uh, and followed up by Siege, and then that's now been followed up by Legion, which is the prequel, but I recommend that you read um, read Ambush and Siege first. Because it's like, it's like uh, Logan, you know. 
you want to watch X-Men first before you watch Logan, don't you? Which I thought was a fucking fantastic movie. And Legion is a fantastic prequel, if I do say so myself. In fact, you don't even have to listen to me. Listen to the Amazon reviews who have given it five stars. Thank you for everyone that leaves a review. Thank you for the people who leave reviews on the show. We will be doing a review competition on the next one um, when I pick out a review. So we're doing two episodes a week right now, aren't we? Um, I can't afford to be giving out stuff every episode. So Sorry, Pikeys. So come in. Um, next episode, we will be giving away something on a review. So if you haven't got your reviews in, you've got to be in it to win it. So uh, get your fucking thumbs moving, get them out your ass, get typing some fucking reviews for the podcast. And uh, if you could tell your friends about the podcast, if you could help us grow, if you could make a post. Uh, we got a good amount of listeners. It would be great if one week we saw the same amount of posts as the same amount of listeners. Because think about it, right? Guys don't get charged for listening to the podcast. I'm not charging you nothing. Um, but we do ask. If you could tell a friend about it. If you enjoy the podcast, you keep coming back. And you do keep coming back because you're dirty and you want it. Uh, tell a mate. Bring a mate along. Really, if you think about it, if everyone did that, every episode, I should be able to see the numbers doubling. And guess what? They haven't been doubling, so you guys aren't holding up your end of the bargain, are you? You filthy slugs. So how about it? How about it? Not like, come on, right, what are your options at the moment for doing stuff? Fucking socks. I'm fucking the same dirty solid socks that you've already been fucking so let's make some posts let's spread the word i do appreciate it guys i do appreciate it and you know what do i feel good inside when i see the podcast growing absolutely but there's a deeper reason to it too um we get some very fucking heartfelt messages sent into the podcast about guys that it's helped through i've pulled them back from the edge of suicide guys who have been able to help understand more what their parents have been through after they've come back from war. Lots of stuff that really kind of fucking hits in the feels very hard. Um, and the more we grow the podcast, the more we're reaching people might be in need of it. You know, because for a lot of us, it's a bit of light entertainment. For some people, um, it can really make a difference. So, you know, other than my ego, there is something to be gained by spreading the word of veteran state of mind. Hallelujah, praise be to Vsom. Uh, what else we got going on today? Yeah, so we got Jesse in, we got Tim in. Um, this is a very kind of like a Liberty slash Corona thing. So some of you are rolling your eyes now. Well, fucking all those eyes still in your socket. Stand fast. Um, please, if if this is something you don't think you're going to want to listen to, please listen to it anyway. Because those the things that we don't want to listen to are quite often the things that we really need to, right? So you might be thinking... You might not have been liking what I've been posting on social media recently. Well, and to be honest, I'm not doing a very good job of really explaining myself on there, which is why we did this podcast. Because like a lot of things in life, it's hard to sum up something in a fucking caption or in a in a post. You know, so it's a lot better to get people on and have a an extended chat where you can actually dive into the points. And hopefully, we'll exp- exp- uh, we'll have explained our positions a bit better about why we are concerned about erosions of civil liberties. Because it doesn't mean that what we're worried about right now is next week. It's like, right, one week lockdown, and then 2021 is everyone going in boxcars to a death camp. It doesn't mean that whatsoever, okay? That's what people are making you think, because it's easier to lump everyone in as a conspiracy theorist and go, maybe this person has actually seen some shit and may have a valid point here. Maybe they've researched history and have some points. So please listen in. Eyes and ears open. Thumbs are optional about where you want to put them. Um, 
And guys, thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, I'm not really taking like sponsors off anyone else for today's podcast because it does have a political leaning, and which is obviously my political leaning. So that's why the podcast today is sponsored by me. And then we'll get back to our normal jogging on the other ones. But thank you to everyone that makes this happen. Um, thank you to you guys for coming along. Uh, what we've do- what I say at the end of this episode actually is if you do have questions or if you do have counterpoints or anything like that, then send them in. And we will do a part two where we will field your questions based off the back of this one. Um, there's a we have because the guys were obviously like zooming in from um, Mississippi and um, Texas, so we do have like a little bit of um, technical difficulties at one point. But uh, bear with it; the audio gets a lot. Of, there's a couple of like audio blips early on, um, but then it's like all pucker for the rest of the episode. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you, and uh, let's. Fucking roll. I know that. Still wouldn't change shit. I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I wouldn't go back. Feelings I hold back. Memories fade. Yeah, they go fast. Yeah, they go fast. Good times to come and go. Survive the highs and lows. Just take it step by step. I guess, yeah, I suppose. Good times to come and go. Survive the highs and lows. Just take it step by step. I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, you might as well mute him while we're getting this off, Tim, now. <laughs> Silencious. Um, all right, Tim. So the last few years, Texas, um, like you say, like, so you got a lot of Californians coming into town. It's a couple of things <laughs> that Californians like. And they like taxing things. And they like eroding liberties. So, because, um, I mean, Austin's like, Austin, I feel, is like kind of like a mini... It's like yeah, o- yeah. Austin is like a mini kind of like California in a lot of ways, isn't it? Right? It's like a right, mini, yeah. so, like a mini SoCal. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's definitely changing, um, and a lot of Texans are not even Texan liberals are not necessarily uh, excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who fucked it up? Nate fucking Boyer and Carol yeah. fucking Baskin. Those two, Nate Boyer and Carol Baskin, in 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 tandem. But, yeah. um yeah, because he—that's where he played. Uh, that's where he played football. Nate said to say hello to both of you as well. Oh. By the way, I'm sex. I'm sexting him this that's morning. Awesome, man. Um, but yeah, do so. All right, Jesse, you want to bring us up to speed on the situation in Mississippi? <laughs> all right. First of all, can you hear me? Test, test, test. Test, test. I can hear you, and I can see yeah, you, yeah. and I am rigid. Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not. Um, Mississippi's pretty great. I've always, I hadn't had a lot of complaints with it over the years. Uh, we're a lot like Texas in a lot of ways, even though Tim probably acts like we're not because Texas is always better. Yeah, <laughs> Tex- that's right, boy. It's bigger, but but I do say you know overall uh, we've doing pretty good. Uh, but lately, the thing, just like Tim said, it's it's not even in this whole COVID situation. It's not the federal government that's bugging me, which is normally the case. <laughs> It, it's the, uh, the 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 thing that really started was the our governor. I don't want to talk bad about our governor, but man, talk bad about him. That's why you're here. You have to have a backbone. Yeah, and when you're when you're trying to please everybody, you end up pissing everybody off. Mm. So, for example, a couple well, of weeks I, ago, I'm sorry, you're speaking. For, I just want to let to let listeners know that you are a what is it, five, five kids. You go is it? I got four. Four kids. So you know yeah. about so you well, sorry, five with, with with your wife. You know about the the dynamics of trying to please everybody. Yeah, it just does. when you've you got a fa- when you've got a family that big big. Well, and we all understand, like we've all all three of us have been in the service and I'm sure all of us have had soldiers and marines under us. Yeah. So you can't you can't please everybody. So a leader has to just pick a dis- make his decision and stick to it 
and be a good leader listens and adjusts and all that, but you have to have a backbone. And when you, for example, this is just a small example, though it really got me like makes me where I'll never vote for this guy ever again. Like he needs to go away it's because in the middle of this pandemic, quote unquote, mm-hmm. he just decides he, uh, a burn ban, we're going to have a burn ban across the state to, to, uh, protect people from this sickness. So well, it, what's, what's that mate? Can you explain? So a, bur- a burn ban is where you can't have a fire. You can't have a campfire. You right. can't grill outside. You so, can't. So the idea is to cut stuff. down on people being in what public spaces and get gatherings. Is that, is that the, is that his justification for it? For a no burn ban? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to think how they'd frame it. I mean, obviously it goes out saying I disagree with it because I love me some Liberty. But, yeah, um, but the, yeah. the other thing is, it uh, you know, it was in the middle of a typhoon season and it hadn't stopped raining for two weeks. And then in the middle of it, he says, you can't, there's a burn ban, right. which, well, and then the other thing, like this, the week before that, he tried to like energize his base by making March or April, one of the two. I'm getting my, this quarantine's getting my brain all foggy. Yeah, I can't I remember. No, that feeling. But I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm from the South. And so I'm partial to Southern history and I appreciate it. And I have ancestors that fought in the war between the States or the, the first war of, or the second war of independence, as we like to call it. Um, It wasn't about slavery to a lot of the people that were in it, but I understand that this day and age, you have to be careful how you talk about it because there's so many people that have a certain, it's a very emotional thing. So in the middle of a pandemic, he makes April or or March, confederate history month okay you know that's gonna piss off half the world anyway yeah <laughs> and then you're gonna do it and then you're gonna do it in the middle of a pandemic which doesn't make any sense at all like all right timing like little tone deaf on that thinking it would energize his base and then the suit the, the people that he thought it would make him happy two days later he does a nation a statewide burn ban to where nobody can grill outside or get a ticket right. or burn you know a lot of there's a lot of land management i used to burn land for a living thousands right. of acres yeah of you yeah i do we have to do the same up here on the malls and stuff you have yeah. you have to you have to do it because otherwise what will happen is when just to explain to people when there is a fire that nobody is deliberately monitoring all that dry brush was is going to catch light like you have to have yep. controlled fires in order the for when an accident happens like or uh sometimes sometimes shit just goes on fire Without yeah. any any human interference, like like fa- forest fires and things like that, these are natural phenomena a lot of the time. And if you don't mm-hmm. clear dry brush by which you do by burning it, then that shit will go on. That shit will go on fire. It's actually a, a legal requirement in a lot of places. I know in California yeah. stuff, you have to it clear is. your property of dry brush. And then also, I'm sure the same with y'all. Y'all have wet seasons, right? You can't burn all year round. Well, we have so we have uh, uh, what well, our wet season is known as all year round. it's called great britain yeah so like this time of year is the only time of year this and late fall is the only time we were allowed to burn anyway so it was just it was a stupid it was asinine and then the the people that he was trying to please by doing this confederate history month he ends up stepping all over their rights on so many ways and then on top of that the city's down to the t down to all the way down to my own personal city decides six weeks, seven weeks into a pandemic that you're not allowed in the city. You can't go in the city without a mask. Right. You know, if they had done that seven weeks ago when the world was on fire and everybody thought we were all going to die and turn into zombies, I would understand it. I wouldn't like it. I would understand it. 
wait seven months and then you have to have it to pump gas is asinine. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it does seem like people want to have like, this continuous drip feed. I want to drill down on this Confederate History Month in a bit because I, I have an opinion on this, like I have an opinion on most things. Um, and my opinion on this is that, one, we weren't around. And I hate this idea of having to feel guilty for something you were never fucking around for. That's always something that's pissed me off. It's like, I don't fucking do it, right? Uh, my granddad, you know, who was on bomber cruise, you know, they took part in, like, fucking firebombed cities. Now, that, by our standards today, we don't go around firebombing cities. But at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do, you know? And, like, like um, you know, one of the things I'll, I'll say as well about um, something I've written about, too, is usually... You don't have a fucking choice about who you fight for realistically. If your town and your mayor and your family go one way, then you're going to go that way. And it's the same way if we're like, if you, I, or Tim had been born into a Muslim family in the Middle East, we probably would have been joining fucking ISIS or the Taliban or something because we wanted to fight. That's how we would go. Like, you know, so I, I hate this. I hate this concept people have of, of like going back through history and trying to like, Blame people now for what happened back then, I think is total fucking bullshit. And you can have due reverence and respect for the fighting spirit of people without necessarily agreeing with what their political aims was. It's kind of how I see it's kind of how I was saying that. I don't know about you boys. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I think there's a you know systemic issue where nowadays in modern society, we look back on old, you know, whatever you re- we reference as crimes and against humanity and we look back and we act like people wouldn't have you know participated in those things yeah and it's just ignorant i mean there are so many things that have happened by the way happy ve day boys oh uh, yeah that's it's ve day happy yeah, ve day cheers, everyone man. yeah because yeah, i mean this will be going out on this will be going out on uh monday but yeah happy happy ve day guys yeah we we love you boys and we appreciate you um So, yeah, it just goes back to like, you know, you're talking about firebombing these cities at the time. It was kind of a scorched earth method, right? We got to take out every we're trying to take out every possibility and threat against us. And that was just the way to do it. And obviously, technology was not as precise. So you couldn't be as careful when you were trying to, you know, protect civilian populaces. And, and, And honestly, we did, you know we did bomb civilian population strategically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, terror. So, well, it was the, the, the idea of causing terror in the enemy to make them want to capitulate, uh, right. which by the way, um, actually had an adverse effect. And it was the more we bombed places and the more they bombed us, the more your community spirit rallies around each other. So if any young budding officers out there think it's a good idea to do these kind of tactics it's not because what you'll do is solidify the enemy's kind of resistance. Usually when a war comes along, not everyone's on the same song sheet. People might have sympathy for what, you know, the people that might not agree with the government, people might have some sympathy for the enemy. As soon as you start bombing them all, you're going to push them all in the thing. It's that whole thing of like, when the drill instructor is horrible to a whole company of you, you all form this enemy of the drill instructor. Uh, It's exactly the same kind of principle. The same thing happened in the war between the states with Sherman with his march to the sea, he went down raping and pillaging and burning cities all the way to the sea through the South. If there was anybody that was sympathizing towards the, the federal cause that ended it right there. Yeah. Cause they're coming and killing innocent people, burning their houses, burning their land. Yeah. It just, it rallies a whole bunch yeah. of people against well, they, you. There's usually a moment like that in most wars that you can point to. Um, in Vietnam, I think it's fair to say my lay to um, really kind of turned 
the po- you know turned like the American population kind of like more solidified in being anti you know anti war at that point um, in Iraq I think Fallujah the first operation in Fallujah that was when sentiments turned heavily against the uh, you know if you want to call it occupation because you know at first I think you could make the argument there was liberation and then the Fallujah happened and you start to attack a city and you're destroying people's homes and all of a sudden attitudes change you know it's 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 these these um when you attack when you when you're not when you're not pinpointing your actions you will you will you will unify um the enemy or and you will definitely bring in more people to their cause either active or or sim, uh, sympathetic um tim like what's the cuz you mentioned earlier about like you know how texas fought like a war with mexico right that's something that I don't think many people in Britain know about. That like Mexico and um, you know Mexico and and well, basically like Texas and stuff. Like they were like that was a fucking brutal place to live. People used to get paid for turning in scalps and stuff like that. This was not a 150 years ago. This was a very, very, very brutal part of the world. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Texas is always you know that that's where our independence came from. So we're known as being. Uh, you know, very much a stand your ground type of state. And so people here, you know, when you start off, when you start off in that light, in that vein, you know, of having to fight for your independence, obviously, you're going to have people that are, you know, what's the word we're using nowadays? Paranoid about their freedoms. Yeah, I get Um, called paranoid a lot. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. Uh, we get we've gotten paranoid, called paranoid all throughout history, man. It started with our independence. So you know, I'm fine with being paranoid. If that's what paranoid is, then you can call me paranoid all day. But as Texans, you know, we started off in that vein of violence, and we had to fight for our rights. So when people tend to take a stand, you know, against those freedoms, you know, we get a little. I guess fearful of that, and it makes us want to fight back, and and that's a natural that's a natural response. Well, the thing about being paranoid, dude, I always think um, so. Like at the moment, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna come on and talk more about this kind of whole situation. But uh, what I will, I just want to kind of preface it by saying that I would much rather be paranoid and prove wrong than um, say nothing and then be proved right. You know, yes. like I would fucking love to be proved wrong about everything that I'm thinking at the moment. I would love to be proved wrong. That makes me very happy. Like, I'm not going to be happy if I'm proved right, because if I'm proved right, it means fucking shady shit's going on. That's not going to make me fucking happy. I want to be proved wrong. Right. Um, unfortunately, like, the all the evidence... So, um, right, let me think how to, to put this. So, one of the reasons I brought Jesse and Tim on is because... Um, I think that and I made a post about this on my Instagram yesterday, which was basically saying I put a poll on my Instagram asking people if they knew that in 2007, the British army and government made a deal with the militias who were our enemy, who were terrorist organizations, a, you know, fucking quote unquote, we don't deal with terrorists. Uh, we fucking do everywhere. Um, and I asked people if they knew that we'd made this deal with the terrorists, that we were going to leave Basra. And basically stop fucking with them. The idea was they'd stop fucking with us. That didn't happen. They kept fucking watering us. And all the people that we'd captured in the preceding tours where lads had died to take these people, um, we had to let them out. We'd lost mates, lost comrades, taking these guys out. And now we had to hold the door and let them fucking walk out to their mates. And then the Iraqis and Americans had to launch an operation to retake the city. Um, It, to me, is a huge black mark against the British Army and the British government. 
Uh, and I asked people how many people knew about it. And three quarters of people on my Instagram. Bear in mind, these people are following my Instagram, which is mostly a mili- military-orientated Instagram, right? And the only th- not, not even three quarters of them, uh, one quarter of them knew. One quarter of people on a military-themed page knew about this incident. So when we are talking about this stuff, we're getting shouted down as conspiracy theorists. It's like, look, mate. I've been to Afghanistan and I saw the lies. I've been to Iraq and I saw the lies. I think that we have some legitimacy in saying, well, you know what? These people right now are the same people who are lying to you then. Is it not possible they're lying to you now? Tim. Actually, let's go Jesse first because you've already had too much airtime, Tim, and you're fucking hiding there in your, in your black shape against the world in your new world order looking background. Jesse, <laughs> let's go to you. Sum up, if you can, how you came into this whole situation. How is this whole COVID pandemic? Because it is a pandemic, because it is, like I'm not going to deny there's any pandemic going on. And, by the way, hang on, I have to do another preface, because one thing I've learned about the fucking internet is if you don't cover every single fucking base, someone will go, I've been worried about this. So if you're one of those people, fuck off, sling your hook right now. Um... What I will say, though, is every every day, we are not trying, like, whatever we say on the rest of this podcast is not in any way, shape, or form trying to undermine the tragedy of any death or any suffering whatsoever caused by COVID. 100% no. All three of us are coming at an angle of this is we are wanting to protect as many lives as possible, not only in 2020, but over the next possibly couple of hundred years. And if that sounds far-fetched, then fucking stand by your fucking beds because we're coming at it with some fucking evidence. Uh, and by evidence, I mean whatever comes out of my mouth. So, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse, go on. Take 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 the mic. Run with this. That was a fantastic preface, by the way. I'm fired up now. Fucking let's go. Let's go. Take down the New World Order. Fucking Tony Blair. Behead him. Right, oh, right. no, you take over. Seriously, Peter, mute me. <laughs> but But for real, like, let me think about this. Right, Jesse's out. I'm back in no, the no, game. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so for real, this there's no doubt there's something going on. There's there's a sickness and people are dying. And that breaks my heart. I hate it. Okay. Um, and seven weeks ago it was it was scare it was more scary to a lot of people. To be honest, at the beginning of it, it seemed fishy to me. The whole way China all the stuff with China, all the stuff with all of a sudden a whole nation being in lockdown and wearing masks and acting. It just seemed too perfect to me. Just watching, just watching how it unfolded. It seemed to, uh, my redneck spidey senses were tingling. That's all I'm saying. I didn't know what it is. I still don't know what it is, but it doesn't add up. And no one does. No one does. No. And I'm not pretending to do, I just, I know it doesn't. The more that the media the news, everything that we get forced. I'm driving down the highway. I'm actually in Georgia right now. I'm not in Mississippi. Um, driving down the highway, there's signs everywhere. It's talking about cover your face, drive six feet apart, all this stuff. Like it's being forced that there's a pandemic. We all need to do this. A whole nation. Like it reminds me a lot of, I don't even know if I want to go there, but, um, they're conditioning all of us to, I don't know who I don't even know who they is. I right now is the time that we have to as a nation, as an individual, as towns, as police departments, as fire departments, as anything you are, 
now is the time to ask questions and not just roll over and say, okay, no, you're right. Because stuff that six weeks ago I was called a conspiracy theorist for is like common knowledge. Everybody's talking about it now. Mm -hmm. Okay. All the, so it's more, it's, it's freedom against tyranny. It's good against evil. That's what this is. That's what we're fighting against. I'm not saying it's not a real thing. It's a real thing. I don't know if it was a planned out thing or if it was just is just a coincidence that somebody's jumping on to try to take the rights. But some reason, every time there's a, a pandemic or a bad situation, rights get taken from people. It's been that way all the way through history. After 9-11, all of a sudden, you can't go to the airport without getting cavity checked and doing yeah. all this stuff. Well, well, so, well exp I, explain, I, to people about, explain to people about that 9-11 uh, then. Explain to people what happened. Um, because 9-11 is an example which most of the, our listeners will have lived, you know, very close. This is something within recent memory. So explain to people about what happened to the Patriot Act and what happened post 9-11 and how they used that, how they used attack on America to take liberties away from American people. Well, the whole, the Patriot Act, I'm not, all, all of that, George Bush put it in and all the Republicans think, oh, it's okay because George Bush did it. But I'm not a Republican or Democrat. I don't like either one. I don't, I'm just, I'm just a man that loves liberty. And everything that happened after 9-11, the whole terror, 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 that's a word they use to make patriots like me stand up and say, go send me to kill bad guys. That's what I'm going to do. And I blindly just ran and did it. And I've been doing it for 11 years. All, and then like TSA, for example, now you go to the airport and there's all this a federal thing. You have to go get cavity checked. You get all these checks. It's, but now it's just normal to us every day you go, Oh yeah, well, this is the fight against terrorism. It's against terrorism. And if you have any question, you're automatically a terrorist sympathizer. Like, no, I'm just saying like, is this normal? Like there's so many things that happen in my lifetime that have slowly taken our rights away. It's never going to be one big jump out of a closet. Boo. I'm going to take everything. It's slow trickle. And that's what this is. People that are saying this is a new normal. You're going to have to wear a mask and tell you there's a vaccine. Well, my question is, Okay, there's a vaccine now. Now am I not allowed to wear a mask? Like I have to wear a mask until I prove to you have a vaccine. What's that look like? Is that a chip in my arm? Is that a tattoo on my forehead? What is that? Where does that end? Where do we stand up and say, all right, this is the line in the sand, and this is where I'm not going to cross? And for me, it's the mask in my hometown. I'm not doing it. Not six weeks after. I think. Okay, we'll come back on to vaccines. Um, Tim, I know you. You, you talked, uh, you and I were talking the other week and you were saying some really interesting stuff about um, the Patriot Act and uh, was, was it uh, Dan Carlin's kind of take on um, on terrorism and how like we end up fulfilling the terrorist aims ourselves. Do you want to talk about a bit more about that? Because that was really interesting. Yeah, uh, so that's, you know, that goes back to fear mongering and kind of what that is, you know, and, and within that world, you know, it's you call people paranoid uh, because because they're fearful of losing their freedom. So what Dan Carlin was talking about, and I don't for those of you that don't know who Dan Carlin is, uh, amateur historian, but he calls himself an amateur historian. But he really yeah, is he's a not man. just because yeah. he just because he isn't a fucking Oxford. Like, because I hate that thing. It's like, oh, he's not at Oxford. He's an amateur. Like what? Is that your criteria, piece of paper? Why don't you get <laughs> fucked? Yeah. He, yeah. he calls himself that, but he has the best World War One podcast I've ever heard. Um, and he does like an eight-part series. But anyways, he was talking in his podcast, Common Sense. He was talking a lot about 
uh, terrorism and the fact that terrorists really win when they control the information. So, for example, you know, when we get attacked, um, what what happens? There are two things that happen, right, when you're attacked. Um, by by when a terrorist attack happens, you have people react in paranoia. New laws are written out, or you have people realize that terrorism will always exist because the idea always exists, right? So there's no real stopping terrorism. So by trying to stop terrorism by creating more laws, you're actually winning the terrorists' points because what they want is to take away those freedoms from the inside. So every time that a terrorist attack happens. It creates more fear, more fear and paranoia, and that's what they want. That's what terror is. It creates a new normal, right? We talk about new normals nowadays. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, fuck the new normal, by the way. We'll come on to that, but fuck it. <laughs> yeah, but paranoia. So anyways, Dan is getting to the point that in this new state, in this new stage of normal that terrorists create, there are new laws or new legislation written into place, and before you know it, you're looking at your society and you turn around and you're like, you go, where, where are our freedoms? What happened? Why are there cameras on every corner? You know how this is in London, man, you know, monitoring every movement. Why does a guy, why do they have the stop and frisk rule? Right. You can yeah, fucking that's some bollocks. That is right. I'm going to jump in there. The stop and fucking search laws. We're so used to stuff like that. And you go, oh, it's stop and search law. Right, have we ever taken a step as British people listening right now, right now to go, that's fucking mental that a cop can just stop you in certain parts of like, I don't, I can't, I'm not even sure if it's all in the UK or if it's just in London. So I will admit to a little bit of ignorance on this one. I'm pretty sure it's just in, um, I think it might be in London. And they can just go, oh, I'm just going to stop this person and search him. No, that's not okay. Like, if you haven't done anything wrong, you should not be treated like a criminal. And then this is where the kind of like the race thing comes into it as well, because they'll, quite often go well oh i don't get stopped and searched i'm like yeah because you're a white woman or you're a white bloke usually it's usually minorities that search i say oh well they're the ones that carry no because that doesn't matter that's not that individual that's done anything wrong right so this idea that we have and this is where the conditioning comes in we'd be conditioned to think oh well there's a knife crime attack in london it's therefore okay to stop everybody and search them I said, oh, well, if you've got nothing to hide, it shouldn't be a problem. No, that's not how it fucking works. We don't work on the basis that you're guilty and then you have to prove yourself innocent, which is what is fucking like with stop and search laws. You are basically saying, we think you might be guilty of something, so we're going to stop you. And if it turns out that you're not guilty of anything, then we'll let you go. Is that really, is that really like how we want to fucking operate? Can I hit on that real quick? I, I hit think that, baby. That's, I think that's a great point that you're making, and, and Jesse will agree as well. Uh, but, you know, when you're when you're talking about uh, stopping and searching and, you know, and, and assuming the worst, that goes down to our individual liberties, right? So it, with individual liberty, you have to always assume the best and then let the person let you down, right? That's so like, true. Yeah. Like, that's what individual liberties come down to. You have to assume the best about that person. And then when they, you know, we can't minority report this. And for those of you that haven't seen minority report, you know, arresting people before they commit the crime. And then they find out, of course, there's a whole problem with this system. Right. But minority report is to, you know, arrest somebody on a preconceived crime on the basis that they're already going to commit it. Well, you can't go around in a, in a country that respects liberty. And we Texans are definitely against that, right? So 
you cannot arrest on the basis of what might or might not happen. You can't assume with individual liberty, you cannot assume that somebody's going down the street and going to act a certain way. Now you're ready for it if it happens, right? But you can't make that assumption. And the thing is, dude, though, that is happening in America right now. There's people, uh, police are pulling over vehicles and asking them for fucking papers. It's Gestapo fucking style saying, like, prove to me you're on the way to an essential job. What the fuck? Yep. That's bonkers. Like, we could just end, we could just end the podcast there because, like, just that in itself <laughs> is enough to be mad about. Like, just that in itself is enough to be like, this is not okay. Right. Well, and it reminds me of, like, I have been so disgusted with how many people that I'm friends with that I thought I could trust that are jumping up and down saying, yeah, begging the government to continue to do that. Okay, well, why why are they doing that? Why are they doing that? What do you think is their motivation? I mean, to put it it bluntly, they're, they're terrified and they don't have their head is so buried into what they're being told to it through a funnel of one source of information. And they think that if you look outside of that, you're a conspiracy theorist. If you have any kind of other thing. So they're just, they're terrified. They're listening to what people are telling them. And we're being conditioned to, if you do anything outside of exactly what the government says, then you're a selfish prick that wants people to die. And it's actually the opposite of that. The thing that to me is, look, there's, our side is, let each family decide what's best for them. For me, I want to do what's best for my kids and my wife. Anybody else comes in my family, tries to tell me what's best for them. That's they need to bug off. That's that's no. But the other side is you do exactly what we say, or you are a selfish prick that should be put down. That's the attitude. The attitude is if you don't let us take, take it away from you, it's, it disgusts me to see how many, I mean, like, like for you example, you're a limey red coat. Fucking right I am. 23rd of foot. We're out there for every battle and we're coming back. We're coming back. We're not done yet. I love you guys, but I will fucking kill you when we come back. <laughs> you're, you're a limey red coat. We fought. I mean, we beat y'all twice. That's okay. We're not going to go there. Yep. You just went there. Totally, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm just, coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but you're more of a patriot than so many of my personal friends in America that have never done anything personally to try to save personal liberties they've never done anything a lot of the evangelicals that we've loved right too (laughs) that's what breaks my heart man the church that is just like oh it just just quit meeting just do exactly what the government says if you don't wear a mask you know because because they're worried about the most and they were not willing to put themselves here's the thing they don't have the balls they don't have the balls to stand up for something they believe in so they would rather go with the flow do what the rest of the herd is doing and not look like or be called out on something because that doesn't look spiritual. Here's the thing. Some people might need to go to fucking prison to get this fucking point across. Like some people might have to do quote unquote civil disobedience. I don't believe it is civil disobedience. It'd be labeled that way. If Rosa Parks got off a fucking seat, we wouldn't be talking about Rosa Parks. We wouldn't know Rosa Parks. Um, like So this going with the flow doesn't end well for people now i want to just i got to go um to i want to explain something to people i'm going to give them a breakdown of something uh because it ties into what jesse was saying i think it's going to it informs a lot of this okay so bear with me right what you just come like jesse just hit on the point there which was that um if you think differently to other people it's like you want them to die and the reason that is is because the media which i'm now going to call the fear dear 
uh, on the television, which will now be known as the television, right? Trademarked Gez Jones, motherfuckers. Um, right, what's happening there is we have been pushed this idea that a pandemic is a war, that a virus is a war. It ain't a fucking war, it's a virus. Now, it shows some of you right now listening to this will bristle going, oh, it is, it is a war, it is a war. Look, just because it's a pandemic doesn't mean that the work that people are doing on it is any less valid than work that a soldier does in a war. You're feeling attacked right now. If you're a nurse or someone right now, you're feeling attacked. But you, there's no need to be. It's like saying that like a football player and a tennis player, like a different, yeah, they're different. They both worked fucking hard at their jobs. A war and a war and a pandemic are two different things. And the re- there's some very important reasons why using a war is used by people in power and why we shouldn't accept it. And those three main reasons are when there's a war and you use the terminology of a war, you create an enemy, right? You create an enemy. And therefore, anyone that has a different idea or point of view to what's being put across by the government, therefore, is not just saying maybe there's a different way to deal with this. They're going, I sympathize with the enemy. I want the enemy to win. And that's why people are closing down each other so fucking fast. Because instead of saying like, like if we if we have a, uh, if I'm going for a walk with people, we're going to the top of a mountain. And one of my friends goes, I think we should take this path. And I go, I think we should take this path. He doesn't go, you want all people to die. He goes, all right, that's a different path. And that's what it's like with a, the with a pandemic, right? But the way, because they've used this war phrasing, they're making people think, they're making you and I think that anyone that thinks differently is supporting the quote-unquote enemy, which is fucking bollocks. We're all, nobody, no one is sitting around going, I want all people to fucking die. No one. Maybe funeral directors. Other than that, no one is fucking wanting that to happen, right? The other reason it's fucking not cool to use that um, terminology is because it makes you then think, well, in war, there's acceptable loss. Oh, you know what? These nurses died. Oh, it's a war. It's a sacrifice. Let's do some clapping and that'll be all. Everything will be all fine. No, it's not okay that those people died. They died because they didn't have the correct PPE. They died because our governments were not prepared for a pandemic when they should have been. They are using the war terminology for you to let them off a hook because instead of going, well, why the fuck wasn't there PPE for all our nurses? We go, it was the war. Uh, It's okay. It's not okay. Third thing. Hang on. It uses it to push fucking laws, right? They use it to push laws. So, like, we'll use the Patriot Act as an example. They use the Patriot Act to go, hey, you know what? These fucking terrorists, they're coming for you. They're coming for all of us. So we need to have mass surveillance. No, no, don't worry that it listens to you and we don't need and that we're going to fucking you've done nothing wrong, but we're going to have full access to all your fucking emails and texts and everything like that. Don't worry about that. We're at war. Sacrifices need to be made. No bollocks. They're fucking they're using this war terminology as a way of fucking tricking us. Words are important. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Right. If I say that word to some people, they're going to flip their shit. So don't tell me right now if you don't think words are important. If I go up to your grand and tell her a cunt, you know, she's a cunt, you're going to get pissed off, right? Because words have meaning, words have matter. And this use, use of the use of war, it's not okay, people. It's not okay. It's a pandemic. It's not a war. So don't let people fucking use that terminology around you. Don't let them make you, don't, don't, don't let them fucking make you think that anyone that has a different opinion is supporting the enemy. You gotta stand up against this stuff. 
You, if we, we let it slide too much and it becomes a part of a thing. And that's why right now it's so hard to have a conversation. It's a different like, if you want to stay in your house, I don't give a fuck. I'm all for you supporting your choice. But if you know that I want to reopen businesses, you'll think that I'm a fucking piece of shit because I'm supporting the enemy. Someone give me an oxygen tank. Fucked. Group, punish- <laughs> group punishment is not democratic. Well, it's, mil- it's, it's, it's what you get in the military, isn't it? And what's the military? It's a hierarchy and it's an authoritarian um, it's an authoritarian system, right. which it needs, which it needs to be. But that's the thing. Like Absolutely. you get, you get group punishment in the military because like, that's, that's the military. It's an authoritarian system. But like you said, mate, democracy is not supposed to be that. No. Uh, you know, you hit on something really important there and, and I kind of want to take it back to that Rosa Parks moment that you were talking about. So we had this shout out Rosa uh, Parks fucking hero. Yeah. We had this issue in uh, Texas with this uh, Shelly Luther, uh, she was opening up her salon in Dallas about a few days back, and uh, it came down to it where the Dallas County judge uh, issued an, uh, a warrant for her arrest. Uh, so she was arrested, brought into court. Uh, she was asked, you know, she was told that, you know, she needed to apologize to the court and then she would just be fine. She wouldn't be thrown in jail for the week. And she said, no, absolutely not. I'm gonna, sorry, judge. I'm sorry that you feel that me wanting to feed my kids means that I hate the rest of this country. And then they locked her. And so the judge said, well, no, we're going to have to lock you up. So anyways, he locks her up, finds her $7,000. This is a great example of why I love Texas. So they started a GoFundMe page for Shelly Luther. And within a day, they had $500,000 raised for her. So, I'll go uh, you know, that, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can't, so do, I can't uh, do nails, but I'll do some other stuff for 500 grand. <laughs> I bet you will. So, they were, they were about to raise, you know, they were trying to just raise her court cost back, which was like 20000 and ended up being $500,000 raised. And that was just one GoFundMe page for her. So, yeah. uh, you know, they, they took a stand. And, you know, She's I a hero, that bro. Up. She's a hero. I brought that up that Governor Abbott, you know, let her out and then, you know, obviously said this is, you know, not the way that we wanted this to go. We're letting her out. They immediately let her out. Um, You know, we're not going to punish people with jail for for this anymore. And he said that flat out. Well, I posted that yesterday, man, and I got like five people writing in my inbox, like, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's concerning. The fact that that it's more the the fact that it's anyone is concerning. Yeah. And they wrote to me saying like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm on the side of science, Tim. And you know what? You should not have posted this. But what? OK, so let, let, let's go into that, because what does that science say? Because I am an infantry soldier, admittedly, as are we all. Right. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't think anyone's disputing the fact that there's two options here. At one point, everyone's going to have to get it. Like, well, not everyone gets it anyway. Some people are naturally have like some kind of natural immunity. But if you're someone that's going to get it, you're either going to have to get it or you're going to have to have a vaccine. I don't have mm-hmm. a fucking vaccine. Sorry. Especially don't have a, I don't have a rush food vaccine. So what's the alternative? And there's some fucking things here we need to take into consideration. Now, I want to iterate again that we are not by any means undermining any suffering that's going on with anybody out there because it is happening. But I think we also need to understand that... Being fucking obese doubles your chance of having like real complications with this. Being elderly does. Most of us are not elderly. Most of us are not obese, uh, even in Texas. And uh, well, I don't know about that. You guys have got some pretty fucking fast states going. Easy, on. But, easy. But, it's but, true. 
It's true. Everyone get off the burgers and get on the cocaine. Get skinny. Oh, quiet, biscuits and gravy, Jesse. Quiet, you pizza-eating Mississippi boy. Pizza-eating Mississippi. Is is Mississippi famous for pizza? No, Uh, he just loves pizza. It's famous for being obese. All right, actually, let's have a a light-hearted moment here. Hawaiian pizza. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no, Timmy? Yes, absolutely, yes. Yes, Stop J- that. Jesse's, Stop got it, his, Jesse. Jesse's got his finger up to the camera. 100% pineapple on pizza is the food. You disgust me. We I'm, used to be I'm friends. Coming in, I'm coming in with a swing vote, and I am voting yes on pineapple. Yes! Suck yes, it, Jesse. <laughs> but you know what? I support your right to not have pineapple on your pizza, because that is what freedom is all about. Same. Same. True. Right back at you. Right, so uh, now that we solved that dilemma, let's move on to the thing about the old tyranny. That was a big issue, yeah. by the way. <laughs> well, at least we solved one thing today. Um, yeah, this, uh, this that, that woman, I mean, I never thought in my life that I'd be looking at a thing about a woman getting arrested for opening a hair salon and seeing her getting thrown in prison for it. Like, I'm like, I honestly looking at that and I'm like, because I have taken drugs in my life and I'm thinking, I might have <laughs> fucked my brain up here. <laughs> this is mental. <laughs> Anything... I fucking, I haven't had to drink for four weeks, and this is the most bonkers shit that's ever gone through my mind, what's going on at the moment, and I'm pretty fucked up. Um, <laughs> so, it, I, I can't really get, like, I've actually, right, this is how fucked up the situation is. Last year, I started writing a dystopian future novel, right, which is about, like, how messed up the future is going to be. I've got to go back and rewrite it at the moment, because I realize I have not made it weird enough. <laughs> you're, not, <laughs> you're not creative enough in like, the book. Like, I have not, I've, like, what I've, I was like, you know, like I'm, a, it's. <laughs> I can understand. I was like, right. Well, people might turn to cannibalism in the future. You know, if there's not enough food around, I could see that come in. I never saw beating the shit out of each other over toilet paper come in. Um, and here's here's the thing, right? Fear, fear is fucking powerful, right? Now, when when like the Second World War kicked off and even to an extent when there was an imminent threat of nuclear war, well, not to a certain extent, to a very high extent, there was a threat of nuclear war. Up until, really, the fall of the Berlin Wall, bad shit was going on all the time in the West. Like, even when life was getting better, people knew, like, I could wake up today and the Russians could nuke us. You, there was this thing where you had to confront mortality and you had to confront the fact that the world wasn't rosy. For a lot of people in the West right now, this is the first time that a lot of them have ever had to really face death and think like, oh, and actually, they probably don't need to face it. Because if you are young and healthy, you probably are going to be okay. Someone's listening going now going, not everyone. I saw a story with this one guy who was healthy. Yes, obviously, there's fucking exceptions. We're talking about the population of the entire world. There will be some people that go against the norm. But generally, if you're healthy, you will get over it, right? But people have been scared into thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to die. My kids are going to die. Everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to fucking die. Um, And when we're seeing that people aren't handling that very well because they've never had to face that before. Like, I can't imagine that in certain, like, I can't imagine in Sudan that they're having fights over fucking toilet paper because they're like, yeah, same shit, different day, bro. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I had this quote, you know, in my uh, helmet overseas on top of a few verses, but uh, from the Bible. But one of the quotes was, you were scared of dying. And tell me, is the kind of life you lead really any different from being dead? Fucking hell, man. And, you know, that was, you know, that was Seneca, that was Seneca, you know, and, and I, I thought is about rap- that. Was often. he a rapper? 
Yes, he was. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he's yes. a rapper. Isn't he? Was he? Was, <laughs> was Seneca ancient Greece or ancient Rome? Ancient Greece, right? Yes. Um, so you know that quote is very important to me, man, because you know there is that danger around every corner uh, when you're when you're overseas, and you feel that fear. I don't know about you guys, but initially when I got over there, yes, I was pretty scared. Uh, and, and it wasn't necessarily for myself. It was a lot for my guys, you know, as a team leader, I was scared for my guys, but I learned quickly when I kind of abandoned those fears and really just leaned in and, and trusted God in the moment, you know, ma- no matter what your belief is, you know, my trusting God really helped get me through a lot of that. So, you know, being in that space of just abandoning, uh, that fear and realizing that, yes, I could indeed die at any moment and that could happen, man, there was nothing more freeing than that there was nothing more that there was nothing more powerful than that being overseas and realizing in the moment that yes death could come but the fear that you know what Seneca's point is getting across is the loss of freedom when you fear when you're constantly fearing what's around every corner man it's impossible to maintain those freedoms yeah well dude i like the victor frankel quote victor frankel for people who don't know him is the um he went through the hol- uh, he went through the holocaust he was in the the, the death camps and his, I'm not going to try and do the quote because I'll butcher it. So basically, the gist of it was, you don't get to choose everything that happens to you in life, but you do get to choose your final freedom is you get to choose your attitude to it. And uh, a lot of people are choosing their attitude is uh, fighting over toilet paper and fear. And um, I'm like, if you are going to die, is that really how you want to go out? That's a no for me. No, yeah, that's a no for me too. And by the way, uh, Seneca's Roman. So when somebody corrects me, that was uh, that, oh that god, that, that Twitter um, fingers are burning yeah. right now. I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him. Yeah. Those Texans don't know everything after all. Um, well, I don't think anyone's ever accused them of that, mate. Whoa, yeah. you know, Whoa. What? You, you, mate, you know how to fucking cook a steak. And uh, what else has Texas got going for it? Not football. Freedom. No, it doesn't have football. No, it doesn't have freedom going, man. You just locked up a fucking nail salon owner. Don't give me that freedom bullshit. <laughs> we let her out. We let her out. We did the right thing. <laughs> they fucking let the people out. The, the people that survived the camps were let out at the end of the thing, mate. It doesn't make it okay. <laughs> Fuck. Um, okay. Like, today is VE day, right? And, you know, we're trying to keep this as lighthearted as possible. But the basic thing is, millions of people have died for us to have the rights that we do right now. I don't think anyone's against against that principle. I don't think you can argue the fact that people have died, right? If you are arguing that fact, this probably isn't the podcast for you to be listening to. So I think we're pretty pretty solid on the fact that anyone listening to that right now will agree that people have died for us to have the freedoms that we do. And not just died. People have fought. People have lost fucking night's sleeps. People have fucking had breakdowns in their family. People have suffered. People have given a lot. And... We will roll over for the sake of the illusion of safety. Because here's the, the thing. None of us are coming through this thing alive, right? None of us are coming through life. We can't live. You Like this idea that you can go through life without danger is quite flawed by the fact that we're all going to fucking die at some point. So it's it's to me, it's so, it's maddening at times. But I try, I try and put it myself and I try and empathize with people. But generally... It fucking makes... The reason it gets me wound up is because I'm thinking, these rights that you're just fucking so easily giving up right now, people fucking died in their droves to get you these. Jesse, how do you feel about that? How do I feel? Um, Deeply saddened and disgusted with people. And 
not that I like I've done that. My service is nothing compared to anybody else. I think we all agree. We all agree. We all agree that our service is nothing compared to the second world war generations. Right. But we're just saying like, but there's people that have never even done, never thought about serving anybody but themselves freely, just tossing all of their liberties and the liberties of everyone else, not just their own. I don't mind if someone wants to give up their own liberties. Fine. If they want to do that to feel safe, fine. Go check yourself in somewhere and let them tell you what to do. That's fine. But don't give mine away. Don't do that. Why, why, why are you going to do that? That's selfish. That's that. You're actually, they're doing what they're accusing us of doing. And they're trying to, they're, it's, it's an act of selfishness. It's, I'm scared, so you need to do something about it. You need to pay for it. Uh, the other thing as well, dude, is with, like you're saying, it's not just this. We're not talking about, so a lot of people say to me, they're like, oh, you think we're going to be sending people to death camps in like a year, do you? No, I don't. But it could happen in fucking 50, 60 years. And if you don't think it could, you're a fucking idiot. And not only are you an idiot, but you're an arrogant fucking idiot. Because like basically what that's saying is, oh, I think that the year I live in history is more like because I'm here now, all of these things that have always happened throughout history are now not going to happen because I'm here. Mate, look at the pattern. Do you think the Jews that got on those train trains and went and got a shower and got gassed, do you think they hopped on that train willfully thinking, I'm about to go die? I'm about to go get a gas shower and get put in the oven. They didn't think that. They were duped into they were duped into thinking, and the people that were giving them up thought they were doing a patriotic duty. Oh, what I do here, I need to give them up. That's my patriotic duty. And the that was not very long ago. That was 70 years, 70 something years ago. In our, in our, there are people alive on the planet right now who were there for that, who lived through that. So when we say, so again, people listening, right? This might sound, especially if you're younger, this might sound like a long time ago. It's not like, this is like double my lifetime ago. That's it. Like that double my lifetime ago, people were getting put in fucking ovens. Look at Bosnia. People were fucking massacring villages. A fucking if you're in the UK right now, a fucking short, easy jet flight away, people were filling mass graves and fucking bayoneting babies and crucifying people 20 years ago. Like this stuff happens. People, when you get people going in the wrong direction, momentum builds very fucking quickly. You are an arrogant fucking bastard if you don't think that one, you are capable of it, and two that your society is capable of it. Every one of our societies is. The British fucking empires had fucking concentration camps. You know, the Ger- like if you ever met anyone from Germany, they're not fucking vampires. They're people just like you and me, but they were made because, like Jesse's saying, they, th- they thought they were doing the right... They were convinced they were doing the right thing. These people that snitched on Jews weren't going, I'm a terrible person, I'm going to do this because I'm evil. They were going, ah, well, this is the right thing to do. I'll snitch on them. You know, like, ah, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm just fucking fuck you shit. No, no. Th- and that's, that's why when I say that it disgusts me, that's what, when I look at my Facebook feeds, I realize all these people that I live next to, that I see everywhere, like they would have been just giving Jews away. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's oh, the way I feel. Yeah. And that's not popular. And I'm going to get crucified for saying that, but that's where we're up. at. What's that? I'll back you up. I 100% agree. You, if you ask someone with it, with, if you ask someone with a mentality of the snitch on people because you're believing the, the hook sinker line, 
you would have been. It's as simple as that. It's the same way that I can admit if I grew up in uh, Saudi Arabia, I probably would have ended up fighting for some Islamic organization because that's where I, that's what I would have thought was the thing to do. If you're snitching on your neighbors right now for wearing masks, you'd be fucking snitching on Jews. Bottom fucking line. Yeah, um, you know, there's another powerful, powerful quote. It takes getting everything you ever wanted and then losing it to know what true freedom is. That's that's Lana Del Rey. <laughs> well, you know what, dude? She's a fucking put her up there with Seneca. But the, dude, okay, here's here's the thing, right? Like money, I'm fucking terrible with money. One of the reasons why is my parents have always been generous with me, and um, I've always known that like I'm never going to end up on the street, and that's made me more shit with dealing with money because you know like and i've never taken responsibility while well, i'm trying to but um but it's the same with freedoms when someone's never had to earn a freedom they're a lot more fucking flippant with it right and, it's, and, and in a way i'm not hating on people for this because you never had to see it none of us had to walk across a fucking none of us had to walk across fucking omaha beach and stepping over bodies everywhere none of us had to do that but we're aware of it at least you know, none none of us like we've all lost friends, we've all lost comrades, but none of us have had to see row after row after row after row of new fucking graves dug for people. Right. Well, we talk about you know we're talking about the World War II generation. You know, I've been you know I've interviewed a lot of these men, especially you know going back to you know Woody Williams. Uh, I think of him, Jesse. You know, Medal of Honor recipient, uh, one of the last living Medal of Honor recipients from World War II, one of two remaining. Uh, you know, he lost half his family uh, before he was 12 years old. You know, they, the they, were, they were killed by the Spanish flu. Uh, you know, 57 million people dead uh, across the planet. Uh, that, you was know, on, that was I, on the back of the First World War. Right. That was on the back of the First World War. And then, you know, the Depression hits and, you know, your family is faced with, you know, your family is faced with losing all their money, losing their farm, uh, being forced to work at certain jobs, being forced to soup and bread lines, um, you know, some people starving to death. And and so they knew what that loss, you know, even though I joked about that quote with Lana, it really is true because, you know, you, the problem is a lot of these a lot of people nowadays are spoiled. We have the sense of entitlement because we don't understand what it's like to have those freedoms infringed upon. You know, to you guys that have been overseas, you know what that looks like. You know what it looks like to see a kid starving in the gutter. You know, you know what it looks like to see a cafe get bombed out, um, you know, and 200 people dead easily that day. You know, you know what it looks like to lose those freedoms. So believe me when I say I'm not paranoid about losing those freedoms. And if I am, then I'm okay with that because I don't want people giving up their freedom so readily i'm on the side of freedom and if that makes me a science hater well then i guess i'm a science hater but it doesn't well you're a history hater and a science hater maybe but well well one that's not even true because we look at the science we see what the fucking statistics are but also you're a, a, you're just acknowledging history and you're acknowledging human nature and talking to human nature you guys have both worked with um a lot of uh world war ii vets korea vets last like for, for this last 10 minutes because i want I want people to think about what we've said, but I think the one thing that'll be the most powerful way to make you, to really make us all look at ourselves, none of because no one, none of us are immune to this. All of us look at ourselves and and know why it's so important to not give up our rights so readily. Uh, I'd like you two to talk about some of the World War Two vets that you've met because you guys have met some fucking incredible people. Hundred percent. Yeah, these guys and they were our age, a little younger. 
when the war happened. So all this, all the Nazis killing Jews, the Japanese eating, cannibalizing our POWs happened. Which, which I want to tell people, by the way, because like that fucking happened. Like, yeah, and that, that was, fucking that was happened. Hidden, that was hidden from the American people for decades because we couldn't handle, like, they couldn't handle it. But that happened. Like, that's what they did. And so, and we think, like, you to bring up your point, you think we think, oh, now that I'm on this earth, everything's going to be fine. We're modernized. We can, at the click of a button, we can get whatever we want in our house within two days. If you live in the big city, it can be there within hours. Like. Everything is good. It's like we're in this polished little box of everything's perfect. These guys are sharp as a tack. They're in their 90s, but you talk to them like Woody. He's just like talking to you. And when he was alive, people were getting gassed, put in ovens, and getting cannibalized, okay? And these guys were going and fighting them every, like, they, and now we're just acting like it didn't happen, and it can't happen again. And we're just throwing away all of these little liberties that they died for. They burnt people for. They did some things to keep them awake at night. Still, there's a guy. He was still the jazz player, Tim. Remember him? Yeah, yeah, Tom Berardi. He's still he riddled with PTSD or whatever you want to call it, shell shock. Getting into his nineties, he can't. He broke down on our podcast with Tim and I, and Nate. Because of stuff he saw in his teens in this lifetime. 70 years ago in this lifetime. Yeah, he couldn't talk for more than like 25 minutes about his experiences on Iwo Jima because it still affected him to this day to where it robbed him of a certain joy he had when he spoke of it because he spoke of all the death. And And you're telling me we can't, we're not capable of being back in that same spot? Yeah. And Jesse, you're familiar with this story very well because we showed it at Sundance, but Alfred Hawes, I think of my friend Alfred Hawes often, uh, 100 years old when I interviewed him, Baton Death March veteran. Uh, You know, his brother died in the camp two weeks in of starvation. His brother was with him. Um, His brother-in-laws were tortured to death and burned in a cave. He knew both of them before he married his wife. Um, And, you know, he was tortured continuously for 1,181 days in a row. He was blown into a trench by the bomb over Nagasaki. Uh, It broke his arm in 26 places, and they sawed it off with a rusty saw at the shoulder. Um, And, you know, the man went on to be a wildland, one-armed wildland firefighter. (laughs) (laughs) What a beast! What a beast! What was his name again, man? That guy's a fucking... Alfred Hawes. Alfred Hawes, Hawes. shout out, you fucking beast! What a man... But these are, bro, okay, so um, you guys saw that picture I put up of the war memorial the other day. I want to shout out the local council as well because they did tidy it up. I walked past there earlier to give it a fucking inspection, and uh, it was tidied up. So, um, But you know what, man? I could I can't make out the names right now because it's so basically this big iron, wrought iron gates, and um, you know I was going to hop it and tidy it up, but someone's already done it from the council, so thank you to the council for doing that. And um, you, But I could see the names. And it's a fucking long list of names. And I'm thinking, like, I'm feeling the sun on my skin. It's a beautiful day. And I'm thinking, these guys didn't get that. Most of them were probably 18 to 25 years old. Maybe. Maybe, maybe 25. You remember that moment, Jesse and I, uh, actually a blog that I'm working on uh, right now. You remember that moment sitting there, Jesse, on that front porch with uh, Doc Hazard? 
who uh, talks about that moment of freedom when he realized we'd won when he came back after fighting in the Battle of the Bulge on the Siegfried line. Uh, you know, he went to the Siegfried line with 147 guys um, under his command. And that night, by the end of the night, he had 14 left. Jesus. Um, yeah. in one day. And, you know, Jesse, you remember that moment we're sitting on that porch and we're hearing him talk and he starts talking about his freedom, man. This is a guy who probably has cried a collective like five times in his life. And he no, there's anything there wrong with crying. No, there's nothing wrong. But he, to see a man like that resolute tearing up over over the realization that they had won their freedom, that they had strengthened our cause and that we had our individual liberties. Do you remember that, Jesse? Oh, yeah. His lips were quivering. He had like i've never experienced we were all crying we all were i looked around and all three of us were sitting there sobbing like babies and that was not very long that was 75 years ago this man that we're sitting here with experienced that so why do we think that we're not capable yeah. of and, the, the, and this is the problem bro like the the fact is is we are like the, that generation are, are going there's hardly any left and um that that's a problem now because people like I've dude, I've been a fucking, I've been on free combat tours. I ain't seen shit compared to what those fucking guys did, and I'm about as like as far as like people in the UK go. I've got a pretty high fucking, I've I've had a pretty high experience of suffering around the world, you know, and I haven't seen shit. But it's that it's there. If we just all you all you gotta do is open a fucking book, and it's there, time and time and again. People do horrible shit to each other. People of mass power. And here's the thing, right? Actually, I've fucking got a Lord of the Rings for a motherfucking quote on this one. <laughs> it's basically Gandalf. <laughs> no, fucking shout out Gandalf. Because fucking Gandalf, he knew what was up. I'm fucking... Um, it basically was like, you know, Gandalf saying like that, you know, he would use the ring to try and do good, but its power would work its way through him and it, corru- and it would corrupt him and he'd end up doing bad things. That's how it works. I'm not saying all politicians are fucking like doing the evil finger pyramid of con- evil contemplation. I'm not saying that. I think a lot of them are cunts, but some of them are probably thinking, "Oh, this is for the good, the good thing." But then people power corrupts. We see it again and again. If you don't think it does, I can't help you because you're ignoring thousands of years out. If I run into a wall a hundred times and every time it hurts, and then a hundred and one times I go, "It's not going to hurt this time," that doesn't make me optimistic. It makes me a fucking idiot, a fucking clown, right? So if you're thinking that we will, like, unfortunately, are we making progress as a species? I like to think so. But we're only making, we're only making progress by these fucking huge, horrendous, bloody fucking periods of time, right? And we haven't had one for a long time. We're due a fucking one. And it seems to me that we're trying to hurry it up. Ah, oh, boys. Right, I want to leave this on a positive. So, um... Fuck. <laughs> I got a positive. All right. So we can all agree that we're disgusted and saddened, but what I'm not disgusted, like I am more, I'm disgusted and saddened, but I, every single day, there's more people waking up to this and being like every day that our nation is shut down. And I'm sure y'all are too. Small businesses are, are getting hit hard. Asinine things are happening. There are people across the spectrum not just one not one side of the aisle and the other not red and blue it's everybody's like all right this is this is bs we got to stop this and there's americans and I've, I've said this my whole life and i stand by it yes we're a soft generation 
But I honestly think when great struggle comes, we will dig deep and do the right thing. But it has to be tough. I don't think we're there yet. I don't think we're at a tough spot. But I'm, I am con- very encouraged that I'm seeing so many people wake up to like, all right, if we don't wake up, we're going to be in that tough spot very soon. Tim, you got some parting thoughts, mate? I like that, Jesse. Tim, parting thoughts? Bro, I want to, you know, I want to shout out to the all the all my fellow Texans and people across the the states that came, you know, came through for uh, Shelly Luther with five hundred thousand mm, dollars yeah. in one day, bro. Like yeah, for that me, that dude, I had chills when I saw that. I kept refreshing the GoFundMe page, and it was up a thousand dollars like every thirty seconds. I mean, when I saw people coming together and banding together for her and her individual freedoms, realizing how wrong that was to the tune of five hundred thousand dollars in one day. I mean, that was inspiring to me. So for me, that was a huge positive, man. And I just say, you know, we gotta, we have to learn from this World War II generation man read about their experiences i mean jesse and i get to sit with these guys a lot i spend most of my time with these guys but you have to refresh these ideas man because this generation is fading and as it fades we'll forget that not to get into the negative but we we will forget that if we don't capture that and we don't openly resurrect those thoughts and memories man yeah no i agree uh i tell you what let's make this a two-parter um, I'm just speaking for both of you now when I say we're doing a two-part. Uh, oh, fuck it. I'm British, mate. I'm fucking tyranny as fuck. I am. I just come over and I fucking put my royal stamp on both of you. Um, and you know what? You. Listen, Listeners, if listeners, if you've got questions about this, if you've got things you'd like us to discuss, send them in to me um, and we will discuss them on the next one because there's a lot more to go here. I might even wear my red coat on the next one just to give these Ooh. two the fucking shivers. Um, right, where can everyone uh, find you on the internet? What are you guys at? Conspiracytheory.com. <laughs> Angry, angrytexan.net. Uh, I'm Je- the Jesse R. Phillips. The Jesse R. Phillips. The Jesse R. Phillips. Not- there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fakes. There are a lot of there are a lot of fakes, mate. It is the if uh, people can't see you right now, Jesse is six foot five, stacked, muscly feet of pure Mississippi. And um, <laughs> right, unfortunately, when you have that, you are, you carry the burden of having catfish accounts. Um, he's yes. probably he's probably responsible for draining his image. Is responsible for draining the bank accounts of many a lonely lady. Uh, <laughs> and they are also responsible for draining the uh, accounts of my balls so <laughs> right there you go we're finishing with a smile aren't we um tim where can people find you yeah uh more than my personal account i would just follow the veterans project so it's at the veterans project is my instagram and then at the underscore caregiver underscore project as well the caregiver project as well uh which tells the story of gold star families uh, Silver Star families, Blue Star. That, that's Star. people who have uh, families of people who have been lost in combat or injured in combat, right? Yes, or or suicide as well. Okay, yes. suicide, right? Because that's something we need to talk about on the next one. Um, and I'm going to finish on that note, which is a positive note, which is, guys, when you finish listening to this episode, Jesse and Tim are friends of mine, um, and you know, one of the reasons we do this podcast is so we have a chance to chat with each other and we have a laugh and we vent, we get it all out. This has been therapy. Um, and um, the fact it's given me a reaction is neither here nor there. But what I want you all to do after you finish listening to this is I want to text. I want you to text one of your friends. I want you to FaceTime one of your friends. I want you to call one of your friends. Especially if you've been on tour with someone, if you haven't heard about them, if you haven't heard from them, you know, call your friends, check in on your friends, and um, let them know that they're not alone. Let them know that they're loved. They might get pissed off with you, but better them get pissed off with you than going the other way. Um, 
Tim, Jesse, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, stay on the line because we'll say goodbye after I say goodbye to the lovely listeners. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, guys. Um, hope you got something out of that. Uh, don't worry, it's not going to be every week that we go down this political kind of route. We are going to be sticking to the usual kind of script, but um, I believe very strongly in this. And, um, you know, if I didn't think it was important, we'd be saying it. Um, if you uh, enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with a friend. Please help us spread the word, make a post, just tell a mate, bring people along. Um, and if you'd like to support my books and therefore support the podcast, you can go to um, you can go to uh, vsompodcast dot com and there's a book section on there where you can order books not just for myself but from anybody that's been a guest on the podcast that has a book out. So they're all up on there. Um, and yeah, check out on um, social media. Coming very soon, we'll have the Kickstarter campaign for the new book on there. But thanks so much for tuning in. I love you guys. Catch you next time. Goodbye. Yeah. Listen. Shout out Teaser. You told me not to worry and you wouldn't break my heart. You told me you were sorry and yeah, my whole world fell apart. You said it's not my fault and yeah, I've never done you wrong. I'm grinding to a halt now, I can see you're moving on. I promised I'd get better and I told you things would change. You keep me to the gutter, yeah, I'll never be the same. I've got to let you go now, live your life and spread your wings and yeah, you put on quite a show and pulled the puppet strings. And are you sure that you don't want me? Remember all the pain? Or maybe you should thank me, it's your loss and my gain. I'm leaving now forever, I won't hang my head. Shame, but yeah, you've taken me for granted And you should feel ashamed You sold a dream to all of us A dream that we'd all die for A reason for us all to live And something we could fight for I might just help a man up to his feet Or hold a newborn But no matter what I do My hands remembering my rifle, yeah Life's hard, I know that Still wouldn't change shit I wouldn't go back, yeah I wouldn't go back Feelings I hold back Memories fade, yeah They go fast, yeah They go fast Good times to come and go Survive the highs and lows Just take a step by step I guess, yeah, I suppose Good times to come and go Survive the highs and lows Just take a step by step I guess, yeah, I suppose